we are here, guys. Wait, is this not the official? This Yo, is we're official. Live we're live. live. This is it. We live, baby. <laughs> Alex Miller, if you're watching this, we live. That's like his thing. You know what did we beef? say about personal shoutouts? Beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm shouting out beef all day. <laughs> is that his name? His name's Beef. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, what a name. He'll always look at you. He's, he's pretty quiet. He'll go, "We live, we live," and he can dance mm. really well. It's great. And the, he was a hit he in football locker room in high school. <laughs> he was a hit. Everybody loved him. I'm sure it was. <laughs> All right, guys. So this is it. We are here. This is our very first Focus at UGA podcast. So our first go of it. I'm sure we may have some, a few uh, mistakes here and there, but we're just going to keep rolling with it. So I'd love maybe some introductions for our audience who maybe doesn't know everybody. My name is Kelvin Goffman. I serve as the team director here at the University of Georgia for Focus. You are? My name is Calista, first year missionary. Over here at Georgia. Nice. Where are you from? Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> I.E. 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 L.A. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what's going on? My name is Ben, as y'all know. I am a first-year missionary. Served my first semester at Clemson, though. So this is my third week out here. So it's going well. Very nice. Very nice. My name is Marisa, and I'm a second-year missionary. And it is my second year here at UGA. And I am from... Dallas, Texas. Oop, oop. I'm Rachel. I'm a first year missionary and I attended the University of Texas, also from Texas. And excited to be here. So we got a Texas dominant team here. Oh yeah. Yeah, it seems like every team's like that. Like even in Clemson, like everybody's from Texas. I think Texas is just pumping out the best missionary. A and M just has a million We're just the most a million subclass missionaries. So, <laughs> so not long. great, but they just <laughs> put out a lot of <laughs> put out a lot of missionaries. That's super funny. That's why. All right, guys, so why are we here today? So, y'all have heard me say this many times, but I many times, just throughout my week, as I'm going, I'm we have so many people who support our ministry, who are praying for us, who are financially supporting us, and I'm always thinking to myself, man, how can I do a better job at incorporating them, including them in our ministry? And I think we send out newsletters, and we try to do phone calls, and I think that's a great job, at least like kind of painting a, a small bit of a picture. But whenever we're together as a team, I'm always thinking, man, I wish my mission partners were listening to this conversation. Oh, I wish they were like listening to this story from Rachel that she was telling about her PiFi student that came to seek or the story from Ben about the guy that he met on campus and things like that. And so, yeah, the, the, the goal of this podcast is really just to continue to help us tell the story of our ministry here. And so we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know if this is going to be a once a month thing, once every two weeks thing. Um, but we figured if there's anything that we can do just to like better incorporate our, uh, our mission partners and what we're doing, then that would be a huge win. And so for our audience who maybe aren't uh, super familiar with Focus, maybe they're supporting us but don't know exactly what we do, um, I'd love to just start off talking a little bit about what is focus and what is the role of a missionary. And what better way to do that than through a story? And so I'd love to have Ben just share a little bit about, yeah, how is it that you came to Christ and what role did focus play in it? <coughs> yeah, so there were about 50 different people who played a role in my conversion and like even just being here today. Um, I'll, I'll skip a little bit past all the intro stuff of like I was grew up Methodist parents got divorced when I was young um went to college did my college thing and 
yeah, long story short, converted to Catholicism primarily through the Eucharist. Um, but I get to a point where, like, I'm pretty lukewarm, right? I'm really lukewarm. I'm just kind of vibing. I didn't really have any faith at all. But I'd intellectually decided that there's a God. And I got an opportunity to go to Israel, which was really cool. And really, <laughs> I was outside. I was at my uh, at my dad's house. Shout out Rock House if you're listening, Dad. Um, <laughs> and we were out at the, the pergola in the middle of this little pond island we got. And we were, we were smoking cigars with me and my best friend Matt and Jose Caballero, who is a regional director. And Matt's a missionary at Yale Lafayette. Um, so, hi! Um, anyway, so we're just chilling my friend Matt looks at me he's like yo do you want to go to Israel and I'm like I don't see why not so packed up my bags went to Israel great experience go if you can it's awesome and one night we got to spend the night in the Holy Sepulchre which holds like Calvary and the tomb and all that sort of cool Jesus stuff and a lot of my prayer there is like we were there for like eight hours and I was just praying like Lord I have no faith and I desire something like I I have nothing I, I don't even know if you exist and I'm praying really hard on it. And the next day we go through like real life station of the cross. Um, and as we go through each station, I'm just like overwhelmed with like more and more sadness, like this heaviness, like on my heart. And I get to the tomb and it was the first mass I ever cried on, cried in. And it was just as I like fully realized, like I'd always heard like Jesus died on the cross for your sins, but like I never fully understood until that moment. And that was great. That was something that I like mm-hmm. obtained. I obtained a little bit more faith. But a week later, we went to Seek. And I am a Seek boy. I love Seek <laughs> with my whole heart. Like, it's amazing. Um, and we, we came, and it was in St. Louis last year. And right before, I went to Clemson at the time. And <clears throat> right before, there's this big adoration night on Wednesday night. It's like two and a half hours long. Y'all are familiar with it. And before that, Clemson and Carolina got together and got pizza. And there was this missionary named Shallon who was there, who I didn't really know. And when I was getting pizza, he kind of walked up to me and was like, hey, Ben, let's let's have a conversation. I was like, okay, that's, that's weird. I don't talk to you. <laughs> I don't even know you. So I go and I talk to him and he's like, tell me your story. And I did. And a lot of it's just like really focused on just all the sin of my life. And there's no like moment of triumph or realization that like I'm a child of God. And he starts to question me about it. He's like, you know, why are you, why are you twitching when you tell your story? Why are you nervous? Why are you so upset? And a lot of it just got back to like, I was just ashamed of like who I was. I didn't think I was worthy of anything. And he told me to go into adoration that night and work through those experiences and find out where that's all stemming from. So I did. And I got an adoration and from the age of 22 to six years old, I worked through all those moments, coaches, sports, girls, everything, right? Back to the core of it. And I got by those moments in like 20 minutes. It wasn't long. Those didn't hold a lot of weight on me. But then I got back to the moment when I was six years old and my dad and mom brought me and my brother Joe out to the porch and told us that they were going to divorce. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of kids, like their parents get divorced. So I always kind of shoved it down. So that doesn't really matter or anything like that. And not that it's their fault. I have great parents, right? Mm-hmm. I love you guys. Um, <laughs> but I got back to that moment, and I just had this huge weight on myself, like this huge, it like an elephant was on my chest. And the, the rest of the, the next two hours, hours I spent trying to work through that 30-second moment. 
and it felt like I was gonna die. Like how much was on me? And like I'm just begging God, like Lord, I, I cannot take this at all. Like it hurts so much. But slowly you get to like 30, 20 minutes left, Mark, and me just begging, like, take this from me, take this from me. I can't hold it. Like it's slowly lifted and it turns like this pure depression into just like pure like joy and happiness. And I've never experienced any sort of like ecstasy, I guess I'll describe it as like that. Like it was pure bliss. Um, and that was great, right? But I'm going to have to do that a lot of times in my life. And I'm thankful for seeing that that could happen. But what I realized in that moment, like he lifted that, is that God loves me. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand. Like they know it, but they don't believe it. <laughs> and I look back at my story and I look back at Shallon, who just randomly came up and talked to me. Or Matt and Jose, who invited me to go to Israel. Or Michael Vu, who I interrogated for two months when I was trying to figure out if I wanted to become Catholic. Or Jack Lada, a missionary at Clemson who like, discipled me for the past year and a half. And I put him to a lot. Mm. And like just the love they gave me. And I look back at all that. And I looked at all my friends and all those who were struggling with the same things I did. And I just, I never looked back. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Well, and yeah, it's an incredible story, man. I feel like you had like a perfect bow. Right there, and kind of tying in about how all of these different people played a role in what you were doing, and it's like we can talk about like our job duties. I think as a missionary, we talk about like we lead Bible studies, we lead discipleships, but I think we can kind of summarize it as like what we do is we help people navigate their own stories and like bring them to Christ, you know. And it's like Sean played a meaningful point in your own story, but at the end of the day, he was just like nudging you and like putting you in front of the Lord. You know, so you could experience that own healing and conversion. And so that's, at the end of the day, what we do. And so I think, yeah, hopefully in like future episodes, we'd love to kind of communicate what it is uh, a little bit more like tangibly that we do week to week. Because I think that's for our mission partners. Like, what it, like, okay, but like day to day, what does that look like? So hopefully we'd love to unpack that a little bit more. But this episode, I'd love to uh, um, talk a little bit more about seek and... Yeah, you, you know, shared about your own experience at Seek. That was, like, monumental. And, like, my story is, like, very similar. I had, like, a transformative experience at Seek. And so we'd love to kind of maybe spend the rest of our time here talking about what the heck is this conference. And so, yeah, Rachel, maybe you want to try and explain just first uh, broadly, like, what is Seek? And then, two, you're somebody who's, like, recently maybe had a conversion. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you were posting. Rachel hated Seek. <laughs> For the record, no. For the record, But uh, you're, uh, you had a great experience this year walking with some of your girls. So... First question, broadly, what is Seek for those who yeah. have no idea what it is? And then, yeah, what was your experience there this year? Yeah, Seek is a five-day Catholic conference that brings college students from all over the United States and also abroad. And so this year, we all gathered in St. Louis, Missouri. There was over 22,000 students, and this is where we celebrated the sacraments together, daily mass, adoration, thousands of confessions, as well as heard... Just, yeah, inspiring and formative talks from all of our keynote speakers, breakout sessions. And this is all within the community of this universal church when you're walking with your small group, your school. But then you enter into the large auditorium and you see that, wait, this church is alive, that there is like a vibrant family here in the church. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And 
yeah, kind of going off of what they said, my own personal story is just, yeah, really just encountered Jesus through a lot of just quiet moments in chapels, adoration chapels. And so I'd been to Seek, thought it was a great experience. Um, mm. Lots of big talks, lots of overstimulating. You're like running into a bajillion different people <laughs> from all over. And um, so lots of like fun, lots of, you know, excitement. But I kind of was like, you know, is this really where people are going to encounter the person and like know the deeper character of Jesus Christ? I kind of was a little bit on the fence. I'm like, I know it could happen. It, I've like seen it in my own teammates. That's part of their story. But um, first-handedly, um, that wasn't for me. And so, yeah, just was inviting a, a lot of my women in my Bible studies, those that like were living this like one foot in, one foot out. They wanted um, the best of both worlds. They wanted all that sorority and college life could offer, but they mm-hmm. knew that they desired like the depth, the community. The, they knew there was something more also with their faith. And so they really were just like on the fence. And so... They signed up, got all their friends, um, sorority sisters, whole halls of like roommates, decided to all carpool together to St. Louis, Missouri. And yeah, just how do I even put into words what that week was uh, for about, I'd say there's like 18 um, of my women that were able to attend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, something about being able to be pulled out of your environment and have five days away of just you, the Lord, and those who are also chasing after him. Mm-hmm. And I just began to see, like, through, like, these talks, through being able to see this, like, the wider church and just how fully alive it was. It's, like, one of my favorite quotes, like, the glory of God is man fully alive. Like, seeing, like, true joy, true, like, exuberance, enthusiasm, people being themselves, and also silly and goofy and... Mm-hmm. Um, all the things and yeah just through conversations with women throughout the week that they got to really like dive deeper into some of like their core questions of like okay yeah like I have faith I believe in God but like what does this mean for me personally or yeah I'm still kind of on the edge of certain like you know topics or um yeah kind of like the harder um parts of maybe like our faith can be seen and that they get to explore those through these breakout sessions and hear from like theologians and um, scripture experts and for the first time all this coming like alive in their own heart and Mm so yeah kind of similarly that adoration night um truly beautiful I know my prayer for them was um one that we like we say at mass the centurion servant of like lord like only say the word and their soul or like my servant shall be healed I was like lord only say the word and like I know that you can encounter these women in their hearts Mm -hmm. um and yeah, just many just came to me and were like, I don't even have words, but I'm like not the same. Like I encountered like a person, I encountered like goodness and mercy himself. Um, and like my life is different. Wow. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, so many Heck things yeah. that like, captured uh, what we love about Seek. It's like within like the broader context of like our roles as a missionary, I think like I, you know, I always talk about Seek in my newsletters and I tell these stories of like people like having experiences. But like, I always like want to communicate to my mission partners. Now I'm like, to us, like, seek is the Super Bowl. Y'all know mm-hmm. every every year I call. What was it I call seek? Seekmas. Seekmas, baby. <laughs> it's like Christmas twice, yeah. and so it's like we and it's like it's so much work. Like it is like an extraordinary amount of work. Like for us to put on this conference, it's you know close to twenty thousand people all coming together, like worshiping God, and it's chaos, and it's like it's wild and. But it's this big event and like so much conversion <clears throat> happens every year. It's like why I love it is because 
um, you know, I'll be like walking with somebody and like trying to um, help them like grow in their faith, help them like experience, but like something about like being like rooted in the culture makes it difficult. I think there's just so much noise and distraction. You talked about like them being removed from that. That just like opens them up for, uh, I think so much room for grace during that week. And so I think there's like a lot we could talk about just like why, but I want to like throw out the questions. Like why do y'all think that seek is successful? Because there's a reason why we keep doing it. It's a lot of work, but we do it every single year and it's because conversions keep happening. So when you look at your own story and then the stories of your students, why do y'all think seek is so successful? Yeah. I, <laughs> so, you know, you get to the point of seek every year and you're sitting there trying to convince a bunch of college kids to get, give up a week <laughs> of their life to go worship God, basically, <laughs> right? And that usually doesn't go well. So the way, like, I'll always explain it, right, which I think links to your, your question, mm-hmm. is I'll say, you know, where where God is, yeah, all-knowing, omniscient, right? But he's also realistic. He's set these boundaries in this world a certain way for a purpose, right? Um, the same thing works with grace. So are, are you gonna are you gonna be blessed? Are you gonna be given grace? Are you more likely for that to happen when you're downtown drinking with your friends, or is it gonna be at a conference where you're putting yourself in a huge community of really strong Catholic, not even just Catholic individuals, everybody's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what? Where is that more likely, right? I know you desire a conversion, and like I'm talking to you, and you're like, yeah, I want more. It's just like I don't know, I don't have the time to carve out to pray or. I don't, I don't have time to just hang out with this community. Like I want to hang out with my friends or whatever, but this is like a chance for you to be hit with so much grace. Mm-hmm. And I'm like selling it to them. I'm like, it's not a retreat, but it's a moment for this. Right. And mm-hmm. if you want to convert, I'm not telling you it's going to happen, but I'll tell you for me, for Kelvin, for thousands of people, right. This is where it happens. Mm-hmm. So place yourself in that position. That's why, yeah. that's why I think like all these conversions just happen there. It's like, Nobody's used to being placed in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know, uh, Calissa, you had a cool story mm-hmm. of a, a student who had a great experience. Do you want to yeah. share that? Yeah, no, I'd love to. And like kind of bouncing off your question, this student, I'll call her Catherine. Like she came from a rural town in Georgia, which I don't even know the name of. No idea where it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but whenever she was sharing her story with me, she would just talk about how, like, she felt like she was the only Catholic mm. from where she was and how, like, it was very, it was a very self-conscious thing, like, something to be ashamed of, like, oh, no one else is like this, like, I'm weird, I'm, like, making this up, like, mm. and so it's, like, hard to say yes to the Lord when you're, like, not sure if it's something that you can trust because everyone else, like, keeps it at arm's length and, like, oh, like, you're weird. So she comes to this conference and... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what exactly the Lord did in her heart, but it was day five, the last day. I'm sitting down in the back. I'm getting over COVID or the flu or something. So I'm like, kind of like, just like quietly (laughs) sitting by myself. (laughs) And she's coming up the stairs and like, she like grabs my arm and she's like, Calista, like, when we get back, like, I need to talk to you. Like this week was life changing for me. Like, I can't go back and live the same way. Mm. And I'm sitting there, like, sniffling, like, oh, my goodness, like, just, like, struck to the heart. Because sim- mm. similarly to Rachel, like, I had my conversion before I had ever gone to seek at a silent retreat. So I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'll learn something. But I wasn't I wasn't expecting <laughs> the Lord to, like, rock my world. But, yeah, just, like, her experience. We actually ended up meeting this past Saturday, so a week ago. 
and she was just sharing her heart with me and how she feels like the Lord is calling her so much deeper. And I, I invited her to walk with me in discipleship and just, yeah, we've been chatting a lot about prayer and like what it means to be a daughter of God. Because, yeah, like a similar experience, like do I actually believe that I'm a child? So mm, That's yeah. beautiful. I think so many people probably relate to what are we calling her Catherine, Catherine. <laughs> Shout out to Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> I think so many people relate to that experience of like mm-hmm. it's like maybe you want to like get, make that gesture of faith but it's like ah, oh, it's like is this real like am I alone am I crazy mm-hmm. um but like being surrounded by like all of that like faith it's like mm-hmm. oh it's so beautiful it's a little taste of heaven is what yeah. it is yeah that was like I experienced something very similar to that my first seek when I was so I went to SMU in Dallas. Shout out, go Stings. Um, and I, SMU was small. There's like maybe like 7,000 people that go there. And the Catholic Center is like even smaller. Um, and so maybe there's, I'm really bad at estimating numbers. Maybe like under like 100 people that are like regulars at the Catholic Center. Um, but yeah, just like feeling going into Seek where I was like, okay, I'm a freshman. I'm like new to campus and I've like grown up like in a lot of just like Catholic environments um but a lot more just like cultural like Catholic where you know it's like okay we all go to mass on Sundays and Mm -hmm. we pray before meals we like do just kind good things because we're Catholic um and when I was at SMU like that first semester I was like okay, it seems like there's, like, something more here that, like, I can, like, just, like, give my life, like, deeper to Christ. But I'm, like, I don't know, like, how to do that. And I'm, like, I don't know where to to start. And then, yeah, like, I think just because there, it, it's a small campus and there's, like, a small Catholic center, I was, like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of other people that are, like, willing to go, like, even deeper. Mm-hmm. And... So I end up at Seek. It was in Indianapolis in 2019. Were you there? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, heck, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was there, and it was, like, adoration night. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to get up. There's, like, confession going on, so I'm going to go to confession. It takes (laughs) – I looked at my phone after adoration. It was – a mile walk to like get to confession <laughs> because it was like you you're like going and then there's just like a huge like line you're just like going back and forth and back and forth so, yeah. and it's just like crazy um but by the time I got back it was like maybe 45 minutes into adoration and I just like walk into the room I think there were like maybe 15,000 people there at that one or something and it was just like a moment where it was like everything around me just kind of like stopped and like there was so much like peace and like wonder and all like mm-hmm. just like filling me where I, I was looking around and I was like, wait, there like actually are people that that want to go all in that like really are like I want to follow Christ like in every mm-hmm. aspect of my life and like. Yeah, people just, like, on their knees with, like, their hands up, people crying, people just, like, seeing people, like, as the Eucharist goes by, just, like, completely, like, overtaken with emotion and love and devotion, like, to Jesus. Um, and, yeah, similar to similar to Catherine, I was just, like, whoa, this is, 
like this is real and people care about it and people all over the u.s care about it and all over the world and like i can go deeper and there is something more and i'm just gonna like dive right in mm-hmm. all day yeah all, day. <laughs> all right so i don't know how much time we have left but i want to briefly talk about Again, I think something that our mission partners don't get a seal on, we usually don't talk about in the newsletters, it's just how much work it is, like, trying to bring <laughs> so many people. These two are getting, for those that aren't watching, these two are giving each other fist bumps because the last few years they were our seek liaisons, which is one of the most uh, high-honored roles that you can have on a folks. <laughs> it's also the most work, and, like, yeah, you just, like, it basically what your role is is just handling all of the logistics between like figuring out hotels, travel, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Of getting, you know, we brought about seventy students to seek this year, and that's just a lot of work and figuring all of that out. And so, yeah, uh, Rachel was our our liaison this year. So maybe Rachel, if you want to. Uh, speak briefly about what was your experience as the liaison? The liaison. Well, first, I did not do it alone. Calista and Marisa were huge, enormous helps to me with all Love the grunt work. But mm-hmm. yeah, bringing 70 students, and these are college students whose lives and schedules are not completely ordered. So it kind of was this wild goose chase of <laughs> trying to get down everyone's registration, hotel, travel information in order to so that they could make it there for like the five days. And so, yeah, mainly what that looked like is we pull off a really big seek week, which is a week in October where we just kind of drop everything and make personal invitations um, as well as big announcements, giveaways um, to try to get as many students as possible energized and excited for how they potentially be spending their winter break. And so, um, yeah, pulled off this big seek week. We are coordinating um, hotels in St. Louis, coordinating roommates. We are getting those signed up scholarships. Um, There's also an option to fundraise. So we are coaching students on what's the process of creating mission partners, um, how to reach out to them, have those phone calls, Mm -hmm. as well as following up with them, thank you notes um, and the like. And so kind of all these moving parts um, and of course just the craziness of everyone's day-to-day life, finals are going on, midterms. Um, people drop off, they come back on. Um, yeah. And so, you know, God is so faithful. And as soon as we got to the hotel, <laughs> there was even some drama, like I say drama. It just was like, you know, at some point it's out of your control. And I honestly, it was a huge grace moment for me where mm-hmm. I was like, wait, Lord. Yeah. I like want these people to be roommates together because I think I can like just formulate this like perfect experience for them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately like that is so beyond me like this is like all your work and like your will be done and just seeing like yeah how actually that was um the avenue for even like closer friendships and like the stories that they get to have together mm-hmm. um through just like yeah the craziness of like getting to navigate a city and all those sorts of things oh yeah gosh it's like mm-hmm. something there's a, it's like at some point we're always having to put out little fires and it's just like, <laughs> like something's going wrong or somebody like didn't pay like the hotel fee or just like something. And it, every year it feels like we're like just trying to like tackle all of these like logistics. And that's like on top of like all of the other work that we're doing, trying to like meet up with students, lead Bible studies, get people together. And it feels like a miracle every year that we're able to like get yes. and like put on like a like <laughs> a successful like, you know, conference and that all of our students seem to have like a good experience and so yeah it really is incredible and so yeah i think the uh and you were talking about seek week which is like a week that we just like 
we drop everything. I say like no Bible studies, no discipleships. All we're doing is just trying to meet with people and convince them to come with us to this conference. And it's like a freaking movement. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's a good time. How many, so in our Seek Week in October, how many people did we have like register within that? Time frame. Yeah, so it's like just in that seven days, we had like 50 something. I want to say 50. Yeah. yeah. It was a crazy week. Which is for our campus, that's a lot. Like, that was mm-hmm. like about how much we brought the year before. So, my yeah, favorite night of Seek Week was for our upperclassmen. There's a small yes. group of called a Blaze. And <laughs> whose idea? Some idea of like, we're going to do a limbo famous. contest. Yeah. Whoever wins the limbo gets to go to Seek as full scholarship. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hundreds of dollars if you can do the limbo. Like, this is like the stakes. Oh and God. I think, like, almost every student got in line and yeah, they limboed yeah. like they're left dependent on it. No, for real. I heard that was the most electric night. Y'all were creative with that. That's it was so, it was so fun. fun. Yeah. People were falling on their backs. People were, like, yeah. turning their necks and then they got, like, a cramp in their neck. And it's like, people wanted it. They wanted to go to seek. <laughs> Yeah, I actually kind of got worried towards the end of like, wait, this might not be the safest. Oh, like, like, okay. Okay. Yeah, don't report that to HR. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not hurt. Miracle again. <laughs> Gosh, so, yeah, this is a great experience. And so I hope, our, you know, for our mission partners that are listening, I hope this gives them a little taste of a little bit of what Seek is like. And like, I'm always trying to convince them to come too. It's not just for mm-hmm. college students, really, it's for everybody. Oh, yeah. So guys, this has been a great first podcast, I think. I hope our audience liked it as well as much as we liked it. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Wait, can I ask something to you, Calvin? Mission Partners, if you want to listen to any of the Seek Talks, they're available for free at seekreplay.com. You just create an account, and I know that we have been using them with our students, sharing them with family and friends. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of really inspiring, informative talks. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to have, like, provide a way for feedback. So anybody listening, if you have thoughts on... Uh, whether you love, hate, or resent us after the <laughs> um, But yeah, any, any feedback would be great. This is actually something um, that you want to do. It's, it's not the hardest thing for us to put together this, this podcast, but we, we hope that it, it is fruitful and that it helps engage. And so any feedback would be helpful on our, on our end. And so thanks for listening, and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> oh, <that's what> <laughs>